the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. The State Department says they've been in contact with more than 100 Americans who've asked for help in leaving Afghanistan. The Americans were not evacuated before the U.S. military withdrew from Afghanistan, but Secretary of State Blinken says the administration is in very direct, active contact with the Americans. We're going to be in very close touch, and uh, as they uh, desire to leave, uh, we're going to make sure that we're doing everything we can to help them do exactly that. He also says the U.S. is engaged with international partners in an effort to reopen Kabul's main airport. Greg Clugston, Washington. Meanwhile, rescue teams say the administration's estimate that no more than 200 citizens were left behind in Afghanistan is far too low. They say it overlooks hundreds of others they consider to be equally American, like permanent legal residents with green cards. This is SRN News. It's been two years since our last in-person event. And there really wasn't much of anything going on last year. So this gathering of Patriots will be especially meaningful. Join us on October 6th for the Patriot 20th Anniversary Gala, featuring a VIP dinner and candid conversation with Charlie Kirk and Dennis Prager. Seating is limited, so reserve your spot now at am1280thepatriot.com. Our 20th Anniversary Gala is supported by Pro-Life Across America. AM 1280, The Patriot. Glad to have you along today. It's going to be very pleasant. Gradual clearing clouds and a high of 74, and tomorrow, high of 74 and sunny. Our very own Larry Elder is running for governor of California. The California recall election is set to take place on September 14th. As Larry takes a break to focus on the election, Carl Jackson is filling in on our airwaves. Learn more at electelder.com. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. Is the Northern Alliance Radio Network the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities? It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy, moldy, institutional blue. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, my main Mitch Berg, my blog, shotinthedark.info, going on 20 years this February, uh, dominating the C-list of Twin Cities blogs, at least on the conservative side of things. And forget about the other side. They, they all left long ago. I'm, I'm still here. They're all gone. As, as the boss said, oh, yeah, the show. That's right. Uh, myself, uh, Saturdays from 1 to 3 here on AM 12A, The Patriot, going on 18 years now. Jack Tomzak coming up after 3 o'clock here today, the new kid on the block. Of course, Brad Carlson uh, tomorrow, 1 to 3 here on AM 12A, The Patriot. King Banyan, Saturday mornings, 9 to 11 on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network dominating everything that matters about Twin Cities media. There's other media out there. That's fine. Somebody's got they they got to earn a paycheck, too. It's just, it's all a consolation prize. Why bother? Anyway, uh, we've been, uh, about six weeks ago, uh, we had uh, my good friend Rob Dorr on the broadcast talking about the litigation that the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus has filed against the Minnesota State Fair uh, because the Minnesota State Fair posted themselves as a no-gun zone. Well, that's nothing new, but they started to put some teeth behind it this year, putting metal detectors up and indicating they were going to get serious about that. Seemed uncontroversial to me at the time as a Second Amendment guy, but there is no such thing as uncontroversial in Minnesota. And with us to discuss and, uh, and actually have a, a bit of a throwback here, uh, a longtime friend of the broadcast, author of Cardiac Arrest, 
Howard Root joins us. Howard, welcome uh, back to the show. Good afternoon, Mitch. It's great to be back here on the longest-running conservative radio <laughs> show in the Twin Cities, and I've been a fan of yours since the very beginning. And, you know, your book, it was a sobering reminder of uh, that we live with a federal government that uh, needs to know its limits. In fact, government at all levels needs to know its limits. We've seen the results of uh, you, you, your book, in some ways, was a warning for those who weren't paying attention before COVID, before uh, the, the, the rampant overreach of the surveillance state and, and onwards and onwards of, of what happens when you let government uh, slip uh, its leash. Yeah, yeah. The, the lesson there was I was one of the fortunate because I had $25 million to spend uh, in my defense against a Department of Justice was trying to throw me in prison. Right. And as a result of that, I could win. But the number of, of defendants that can go through that, the five years since I won my case, I, I consult with some of these people and none of them have a chance. I mean, a million dollars, you can't even get started. So yeah. it just made it so much more important to me that we actually win in Minnesota and, and the country as much as we can on conservative causes so that we can push back against this. It's not a right-left as much as it's inside-outside, inside, and I'm part of the outside. Yeah, inside, and in a, in a certain sense, we all, everyone listening to the show is part of the outside when it comes to, I think it's a basic constitutional principle, keeping government within the lanes that, uh, that, our, that our Constitution, that our laws, that our statute, that our checks and balances have allotted for it. And certainly the federal judiciary, the federal law enforcement system is a great example of a system that has slipped way outside of its lanes or really defined itself a lane that, that basically wipes out the whole neighborhood. I think that's a great lesson of your book, Howard. Right? Yeah, no, it's the, absolutely. Until I went through this, I didn't realize how powerful prosecutors are. Yeah. I mean, police are obviously powerful, but prosecutors are even more powerful. Oh, yeah. And there's no checks and balances on them. Even st- U.S. senators are afraid of the Department of Justice. Yep. So I got through that and I go, you know, now I, I sold my business because I didn't want to do that anymore. And I started getting involved more in local politics because that's something you can do when you're not running a business. When you're yep. running a business and you're conservative, your business gets targeted yep. and you can't tolerate that. But when you're not, I'm just a 60-year-old retired guy. It's like, okay, I'll talk to people and see if they want to listen, see if I can do some help. If not, I'll slip away to Florida and retire like all of us, uh, you know, all of us other Minnesota <laughs> businessmen. Seems to be that. Yeah, I, I, I have to wonder. I, it's like everyone seems to move to Naples. Yeah. And it's, I wonder if there's like a little a little St. Paul, a little Bemidji neighborhood in Naples somewhere, because everyone winds up down there, including yeah. some good friends, I think, of both of ours. Well, know, if, these if, days. if you're in Minnesota and you think you're old and rich, you move to Naples, you realize you're young and you're poor. That's right. <laughs> You feel kind of a scrappy little nobody among exactly. that crowd down there. So so keeping government in its lane, uh, that's why this brouhaha that's erupted over the last few weeks has somewhat puzzled me because yeah. the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus filed lawsuit, uh, a suit in Minnesota court uh, a couple weeks before the state fair started saying the Minnesota State Fair Board uh, was in effect, an executive branch office that had slipped outside its lane, that had violated the checks and balances that we put on the executive branch of government and violated the uh, usurped the legislature's job in in setting law. So that's let's let's since since you said you want to have a a firing line style debate, I had to go back and watch a few because, of course, (laughs) that show went off the air when I was in high school. Right. Uh, Go ahead. Let's hear your side of things. I can't do the Bill Buckley accent, so I'll just try to do the Midwest. You have to basically act like. Like your, your, your upper lip is, is it would take an extra hour. That's right. You know? Uh, but, you know, here's the problem is the PR doesn't match the lawsuit. And I was a lawyer by training. I'm actually a lawyer again after I retired. I got my law license back. And I start digging into these things a little bit more and read the complaint, read the legal analysis and see what it is. And this is an example of a lawsuit that should never have been brought because it is a bad lawsuit that is guaranteed to lose. And it is bad PR that's going to drive people away from the causes I believe in, which all the guys in the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus, including you, believe in, which is Second Amendment rights. First, this is not a lawsuit about the Second Amendment. In their complaint, they say this is not about the Second Amendment at all. It's about a statute that gives concealed carry privileges, okay? With those concealed uh, uh, privileges, they can be restricted in certain places. Obviously, we go into businesses. They don't allow guns in there. And this lawsuit is saying the state fair cannot limit your ability to carry it in because you've gone in because it is another government division. Right. Well, you can look at the statute and you see what it says. And the first thing you do when you look at the statute says, does this statute give anyone the right to sue? Is there a private cause of action? And there's no explicit private cause of action. There is no implied private cause of action. So when a state, when, a, when the legislature adopts a statute, they say whether someone can sue under it or they can't. They said you can't. There was nothing in there. Therefore, there is no lawsuit. And that is the reason why this thing got thrown out at the t- temporary injunction stage. But that ruling is a substantive dismissal of this lawsuit for all time because they cannot bring a lawsuit under the statute. If you can't, you know, it's done. 
Okay, now I'm not a lawyer. Yep. Because I observed some standards early in life. I did some things right. <laughs> and of course, stipulated it was never a Second Amendment lawsuit, and, and the Gun Owners Caucus said as much. It was a, a, at the time, it has all the way through. And by the way, just in, in interest of full disclosure, I'm a member of the Gun Owners Caucus. I'm a volunteer for them. I'm an activist. I'm not in management. I, I, right. I, I donate five bucks a month like everyone else, and I'm a big supporter, obviously. So that's no argument there. But this has never been a Second Amendment lawsuit. This is about two different state statutes, uh, 624.714, which is the the rules for for a lot, saying who can carry where and who can restrict that carry and specifically excluded is the is the uh, is is government bodies other than the federal government and the Minnesota judicial branch. I mean that's that's those those are bodies that are specifically not allowed to post themselves and, and deny the right to carry. Also the preemption statute I believe four seven one dot. 633, I think, yeah. uh, which is which basically says that local units of government, which the state fair in effect is, since it has its own. I mean, that's part of the argument here. The state says no. Uh, the, the plaintiffs say yes. Uh, yes, it is a unit of government and has declared itself such in litigation going back a hundred and so a uh, hundred some years right now. Uh, it, it's about those two things. The idea that the the the, the state fair can usurp the legislature's statutory authority to, to make law and, and say we're, we're just going to ignore the parts of 624.714 we don't like and that uh, 471.633 doesn't apply because well, we're as private as we want to be. And the question I have is, okay, maybe maybe it's the right lawsuit, maybe it's not. Again, I'm not a lawyer. You are. But the question is, if in fact this is government stepping outside its lane, if this in fact is government taking a, a unit of government taking a power it's not entitled to, what is a, a single issue advocacy group supporting the right to keep and bear arms in this state supposed to do? Well, let's uh, a lot of stuff there. So let's go into a couple of specifics. Sure. It's not a Second Amendment lawsuit, yet they put in the Second Amendment throughout their argument as to why the balance of harms favors them, which they should never have done. If it's not Second Amendment, it's not Second Amendment. Second, if it's not Second Amendment, you don't have a right as an individual with these liberties to sue the government. It's constitutional rights you can sue on all the time. But all you can do is comply with what the statute does, and the statute has to give you the right to sue. If they don't, you can't sue. So why bring a lawsuit if you don't have the right to bring the lawsuit? and it's going to get dismissed. That's just a loser. You know? and, and, and there's a reason to bring losing lawsuits. I'll get to that in a second. But first off, realize that this had no chance of success. The third thing is, on the substantive argument that there's preemption here, those statutes do not preempt any government agency from having restrictions on guns. The, the Metropolitan Airport Commission had a lawsuit just a couple of years ago that was ruled that they could restrict guns at the airport, which everyone would want. You don't want guns to be walking in on planes, right? Mm. 90% of the people would say that's true. Eh. Maybe 75. Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you a few more. On this show, we're probably about 50-50 <laughs> right now. <laughs> but 50-50 is about as big as we're ever going to get on that side. But anyway, beyond the point is that that controlling precedent from the Minnesota Court of Appeals was completely ignored by the gun caucus. They didn't even argue it. They go back 100 years to a case that predates the, con the concealed carry and argues that that case controls. That case did not define the terms government subdivision, which is the specific words that are excluded from allowing gun restrictions. And they're going on to something else about a public corporation. The, 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 the courts have held that a government subdivision is one that controls residences. That's why the Metropolitan Airport Commission is excluded. That's also why the State Fair is excluded, because it's not a residence. Now, keep in mind, the judge didn't even get to this issue because they already threw it out on the seminal issue that you do not have a right to sue under this statute. Now, let's, let's take it one more step. So you have a losing lawsuit, and they lost, and they might go forward with it. They can bring it. Substantively, it's been dismissed. Procedurally, it's still active. The reason why you bring losing lawsuits is to gain attention to your cause. What's the cause here? The cause is, in the simplest terms, we want to bring guns into the state fair. I now, carry on, but I disagree. But but, but okay. finish your point. I'll finish that. So if it, it that's the that's what the message is to the public, to the voting public. We want to bring guns into the state fair, or we want to allow people with concealed carry to bring their guns in. You pull that in Minnesota, you'll go seventy-five twenty-five against it. And if that's the case, you're elevating an issue that you're on the losing side of, that you're going to lose in the courts, that's going to damage politicians who then come on your side. And now they compound that problem by putting out these pledges that say the politicians have to sign these pledges or they're not going to get support of the gun caucus. 
Democrats do not do this. They don't have single-issue organizations that demand pledges. Peggy Flanagan hates Tim Walls, but she will not come out and demand that he sign something for her to run again. Tim Walls hates Ilhan Omar. Keith Ellison hates everyone in the world except Keith Ellison. But they don't go after each other that way. Republicans do, and that's one of the big reasons we're 0-25, is it now, in the last uh, statewide elections? Well, let's address that for starters. Uh, uh, the, the, for starters, is yes. the Gun Owners Caucus is not a Republican group. It's right. a single-issue, nonpartisan group. Some of its most prominent members are DFLers. All it cares about is gun rights here. Now, uh, and, and, and I'll dispute with you that, that, that the suit is about we want to carry guns at the state fair, because that's the status quo. People have been carrying guns legally at the state fair. Since before there was, since the Minnesota State Fair was a thing, I mean, you didn't need a permit to bring a gun to the fair up until 1975. People have been. I I I, I know of some radio stations, not naming names, where every single person on the station's property was strapped uh, within the last few years here. That was the status quo. We have been able to bring guns to the state fair one way or another for over 100 years right now. This is about, and I I will say, again, I'm not a mover and shaker in the caucus, but uh, this is about uh, not wanting to bring guns to the state fair. That's the status quo. The the suit is about not wanting government, uh, not not wanting to allow a a precedent set where government can make up the law as it goes along here, which... At least not being a lawyer is how it appears here. I mean, you have we have something that is a part of the executive branch, uh, basically picking up a law as we go along. And Howard, I'm up against a break already. Time flies when you're having fun. So we'll rejoin uh, with this when we come back. But uh, I'll let you respond to that. I've got a few more points I want to get to here. Let's take a break. By the way, if you have questions or comments for Howard Root on this subject or perhaps about any other form of government overreach, a subject near and dear to Mr. Root's heart, give us a call, 651-289-4488. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Hey there, remember me? I'm Tasha with Forever Cleaning. Here to ask, aren't you tired of cleaning your office? Did you know that when you do it yourself, you are taking precious time away from doing all the things you really enjoy? Like spending time with the family or spending the day doing absolutely nothing at all. Or better yet, taking advantage of that fishing license you keep buying every year but never seem to find the time to use. Imagine this. You getting your hooks wet, catching some dinner, and leaving the cleaning to us. Forever Cleaning aims to provide top quality service that includes trash removal, break room bathroom disinfecting, dusting, mopping, and more. So what are you waiting for? Call us today at 763-807-9817 to schedule your walkthrough or visit forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, EVRcleaning.com. And if you mention this ad, you'll receive 15% off your first three months of service. So remember, Forever Cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-860-4610. 800-860-4610. 800-860-4610. That's 800-860-4614. 
Searching for ways to strengthen your daily walk? Visit crosswalk.com. From devotionals to Christian living topics, movie reviews to marriage and financial articles, and so much more, the intersection of faith and life, crosswalk.com. The division of Salem Media Group. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, question for you. Have you subscribed to the uh, Freedom Insider yet? Every morning you get the Daybreak Insider, your first look at the day's top stories in a concise and focused form. Uh, Then uh, just after lunch, watch for the Midday Insider, the latest rapid-fire details of the big issues and breaking news of the day, plus video clips from your favorite Salem radio hosts. You only got a couple minutes? We'll fill those couple minutes with great content. Anyway, if you're interested, you go to am12bethepatriot.com, use keyword subscribe to get the insiders, all the insiders. That's how it's done. 651-289-4488 if you have a question or comment for uh, Howard Root. Not that my sympathies are on display anywhere, anywhere, but, uh, oh, You'll learn. We new producer behind this. We'll go ahead and fade that out here. We've uh, we got to break him in on some of the traditions and customs of this broadcast here. One of whom is uh, interviewing Howard Root on uh, subjects of government overreach. We're, we're talking about the Minnesota Governor's Caucus lawsuit against the Minnesota State Fair. Uh, I want to let you finish the point you were making just before we took a break. Then we're going to go to the phones for a moment here. Right. I just responded to you. And, and, and your point was that this is um, a new development, that the guns have been allowed at the State Fair. And that's that's what the Gun Caucus says. And it's not true. The guns have been prohibited since 2003. The only thing different is they put a metal detector in, so now they can figure out who's got a gun. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, under Minnesota law, those don't bring your gun in here signs are basically uh, legally they have their own. It's a trespass infraction, which is something the state fair tried to weasel around as well. Hasn't happened yet, but uh, but it's basically a matter of okay, keep it hidden. Don't don't don't, don't be walking around with your rifle out. You're going to be just fine. But that's where it, practicality versus the law. If you're going to go into court and say right. they prohibited guns at the fair, and they've had that sign up since 2003. The judge came down and said they've prohibited guns since 2003. The only difference is now with metal detectors, they're going to keep those people out. You have to let, you know play the ball where it lies, unless you're Bill Clinton on the golf course, right? Sure. So let's make sure that we deal with the facts. Now, this, the other part of that is look at who the judge is. There's four parts to a lawsuit. There's the laws, the facts, the equity, and the judge. And nobody pays attention to the judge. This judge, Laura Nelson, had a bachelor's degree from the University of Redlands, a California liberal arts school, and her degree was in political activism. Now, do you think she's the kind of person that's going to take gun rights and, and, and go that way with it? And if you have that judge, you've got to back off in your argument. The, the gun caucus hired a lawyer who came out with some snarky comments, and I'm, I'm a fan of snark, just not in legal briefs, where he said, you know, this is a fair that's about pronto pups and, and Princess K of the Milky Way butter sculptures, and there's no reason you'd be concerned about guns being there. Now, that just opened him completely up, because the response to that is, if someone goes in with a gun and pulls it out in a crowd of 1,000 people, 1,000 people are going to go crazy, and it's going to be a panic situation. Now, that's not whether he, he shot it or not, just someone sees it. That's an argument you have to deal with, and you have to be finessing it. You can't go in there and argue that there is no danger of guns at a state fair and think you're going to win. Not being an attorney, all I can respond to the legal arguments, to the, the, the argument a lawyer would make is, like, every bit of civil litigation that's ever happened has started with two lawyers who are absolutely certain they're going to win, I mean, as opposed to criminal litigation, where public defenders really realize, oh, we're just, we're just we're going to try and limit the damage here. Civil litigators, generally speaking, they, they, they all go in kind of like like sports teams going into a playoff. They all think they got a great shot. One of them is always wrong. We'll find out here. And again, this may not even be a case uh, of, of, of litigation for the first trial attorney here. This may be something that's decided further down the line. That's all speculation here, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, first, let's go to the phones. Uh, Joe, you're on, the, uh, you're on the phone with Howard Root on the Northern Alliance. Go right ahead. Oh, good afternoon. Uh, my question is, and they, you said you could ask about other cases. In Wisconsin, it was one of the few places, the two places that the merits of the election lawsuits by the Trump side were heard. Um, it was a 4-3 decision, losing for Trump. But the dissenting opinion by the chief justice was is nothing like what I hear from the news or, or talked about. It was very, you know, basically accusing the other judges of fraud and uh, not using the law properly and, and kicking the can down the road. 
And, and I'm uh, going to have to kick this can down the road myself because we're not actually talking about uh, election-related litigation, although that's a, that's going to be a fascinating subject for a future show. In fact, I'm looking for some people to talk about that as well here. So uh, that's that's another. By the way, thanks as always for your call, Joe. It's a fascinating question. Just the wrong question during the wrong segment here, but thanks for your call. Uh, we're talking with Howard Root here right now. So. Uh, about the, uh, the the litigation against the Minnesota State Fair. Now, the question I have then is, okay, so let's stipulate for purposes of argument that this is the wrong lawsuit at the at, at the wrong time. I, right, I'm, right. I'm, I'm not equipped to say one way or the other, but uh, let's just say for purposes of argument that it is here. Uh, the question is, okay, so you are a single, which, by the way, yeah. you are a single-issue, non-affiliated group whose only subject is gun rights in the state of Minnesota. You see... You, you see the law being violated, and, and I think there's a valid case to be made that, that the state fair is violating some version of the law, whether they have a right to sue or not. Uh, they, they, something has to get done here. Now, given that this, uh, that this is uh, an issue that takes place uh, regarding the Minnesota State Fair, which is happening right now, what suit, assuming your, your, your goal is to establish that the right to keep and bear arms uh, is exists in the state of Minnesota and, and needs to be defended what lawsuit would you suggest well so th- they brought a lawsuit on behalf of uh, 18 19 20 year olds to have guns to get concealed carry that i think is a good lawsuit it implicates really constitutional rights and it's something i haven't looked into the details of it but that's one you can go after the equity is going to be better it's like why are we restricting 20 year olds from this if they can go shoot a gun in the military why can't they have a gun under a concealed carry permit that's a good equitable argument i think it's a much better legal argument and the facts are good you you bring losing lawsuits and look i mean this one is such a clear cut loser it's not like two lawyers arguing they they lost it at the very beginning and they've lost it for all time um, on the basis of there's no right to sue under the statute. The reason you would do that is to bring PR to you. Now you say they're a single issue group, which is granted, but life is not single issue. And a single issue group is still made up of individuals who have to consider the repercussions of their actions. A single issue group that's faced with two choices, a candidate that's 100% for them and has a 25% chance of winning, or a candidate that has 75% of the chance, or 75% with them and has a 75% chance of winning. Which of those two candidates do they support? You're talking about Scott Jensen here, I take it? I'm, well, let's talk about uh, Dave Hughes and Michelle Fishbach up in the 7th District. Dave Hughes was a two-time loser, couldn't raise more than $35,000 in his race, right. and he was 100% pure on gun rights. Michelle Fishbach you know, ran for lieutenant, uh, lieutenant governor with plenty, probably a little bit weaker on that. I put her at about a 75% on that. But she won, and she had a 75% chance because right. she could raise money and she could campaign and she could persuade people. So if you're the gun caucus, do you support a guaranteed loser because he's 100% on your side or a 75% with you that 75% chance of winning? Uh, the, 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 that's a good question. <laughs> and, I, and, I will, and I will say this. The, the Gun Owners Caucus, it's, I, I mean, if you were a pro, uh, let's just let's pick an issue at random. Yeah, uh, completely random, just out of the hat here. If you're if you're a group that supports reforming federal judiciary and federal law enforcement, do you say okay, a little bit of rampant overreach of powers is is okay if if we win the election here, especially if you're a group that's not focused on the election, or say you're a pro life group, you say there's a certain amount of abortion that's okay, or do you say okay, this this is the 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 what we we're not primarily a political uh, a a, a, a organization that's involved in getting people elected on a partisan ticket but we are are here to uh, to, to, to fight for the issue we're here for? I mean, which, which, which do you take? Well, so uh, you take the one that you have a chance of winning that's going to do good. Let me give you an example. I was part of the Upper Midwest Law Center and drafted part of the complaint to sue the city of Minneapolis trying to require them to hire more police officers. Right. That was a clear requirement in the city charter that they violated. We had clear sailing, and we hoped to get the right judge. We did. We got Jamie Anderson, appointed by plenty, a good Republican judge, and she ruled they have to hire more police officers. Right. Now, if you're a single-purpose organization and you're bringing lawsuits, the advantage you have is you're picking your lawsuit. You never play defense. You're deciding what to sue on what issue. And there's all kinds of them out there. So pick better lawsuits. Don't bring ones that lose just because you're going to elevate your profile, especially if the way that people are perceiving it is more guns at the state fair, you guys are crazy. Anyone who signs your pledge is not going to get elected. They're damaging the candidates, whether it's Scott Jensen or someone else. It doesn't matter. 
Anyone that they demand sign a pledge who does not sign the pledge is now damaged. And those candidates may be better at winning and be 75% of the way there. What am I for? I'm for constitutional carry. You know, I'm for, you know, right kind of background checks. I'm for stand your ground legislation. You know, all of that stuff is right down Main Street. I support the Second Amendment. But if I were a candidate, I'm never going to be. They would not like me because I would never sign the pledge saying I'm going to support you. But if I did that, when I get to the general election, they're going to say you're the guy who wanted to bring guns into the state fair because you signed their pledge. Now, for starters, the Gun, the gun Owners Caucus doesn't, uh, un- unlike the uh, Gun Owners Civil Rights Alliance, doesn't uh, dock people for, for whatever reason, especially not returning the, the, the pledge, you, you, which the previous versions of the organization didn't do. But uh, we're, we're up against a break here. Once again, <laughs> can we keep you one more segment? Sure, sure. This is probably something I could have spent all two hours on here, but let's uh, let's do that here. By the way, we got another uh, uh, another uh, phone call on the line, so stay on the line. We'll be uh, we'll, we'll get to you right after the break here. Northern Alliance Radio Network AM twelve eighty, the Patriot six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. If you have questions, comments, or feedback for Howard Root, our guest this hour, go nowhere. We'll be right back. Two decades of intelligent talk. Two special guests. One night only. Reserve your seats now for the Patriot 20th Anniversary Gala at am1280thepatriot.com. Supported by Pro-Life Across America. One listener that stands out that I worked with was this older couple that was interested in refinancing. They reached out to a few different lenders. You know, their credit wasn't the best. I know some of these other bigger banks, you just won't hear back from them, which I cannot stand. Not everybody has the 780 credit scores. And just because you don't qualify at one time doesn't mean that you'll never qualify. I'll walk you through what you have to do, whether it's two, three, six months from now. Back to that older couple, we worked with them for months and months to improve their credit. And we were able to get the loan done. We were saving them hundreds each month, thousands of dollars a year. Finally got themselves into a situation financially that they can handle and they could start saving money each month for retirement. End of the day, they just could not be happier, which just put a huge smile on my face. We are United, United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Total or corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Do you have sunken concrete around your home, leaving you with trip hazards or causing water to run back to your foundation? Hi, I'm John Lamore, owner of Expert Concrete Raising. We raise settled concrete using a high-density polyurethane foam, which is a more permanent solution than mud jacking. Polyurethane foam cannot be washed away, and it doesn't shrink or deteriorate over time. If it's concrete, we can raise it. Get it done right the first time. For a free estimate, contact a second-generation concrete raising business at expertconcreteraising.com. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients, that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. GodTube.com. Inspiration, comedy, music, faith, and fun. Get the best of GodTube every morning and start your day with a smile. Great faith-based videos sent to your inbox daily when you subscribe at GodTube.com, a division of Salem Media Group. AM 12A, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call. 
By the way, uh, don't forget, we brought <laughs> one of the shows I'm most proud of in all my years doing this, our CRT Report Card podcast, is up at am12athepatriot.com. Just go to am12athepatriot.com, click on CRT Report Card. Uh, it was my two-hour conversation with Kendall Qualls, Alfreda Baldwin, uh, Katrin Wigfall, and Rebecca Hagstrom. And it was uh, one of the more interesting conversations I've had in all my years of doing this show, and it's adding up to a few of them. Actually, it occurs to me that their first producers that we had on this show are probably in their 40s right now, which is kind of a, a whack upside the head, Howard Root. Uh, 651-289-4488. I want to get back to some of the conversation. We've got a couple calls here with some uh, legal issue questions here. Let's give it a shot here. Uh, Mark, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. You're on the air with Howard Root. Mitch, thanks for taking my call. Another great show. Mr. Roots, an honor to talk to you. And you're so right about principle versus public policy messaging aspect of it. We need more Republicans and conservatives to get that, to understand that. But I read the background of that judge. I said she'll do everything she can to deny the complaint. And I just had a, a quick – and I, there are many gun owners who are against having guns at the fair. Come on, Republicans. But I, I asked, the question is, as far as the complaint, based on the complaint by the Minnesota Gun Owners uh, uh, Association, do, do, you, do you believe that they had standing just based on the complaint? And I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, well, standing is a separate thing from the private cause of action. We talked about the they do, there's no private cause of action under this statute, and that was the one that the judge ruled on. You get past that, there's a whole bunch of other issues, and one of them is standing. The plaintiffs have to have standing, which means they're a separate class of individuals, not just your general average everyday Joe who's got some special harm that they're suing to correct. In this case... I, the, uh, the the defendant said no, and, and the judge didn't get to that. I think that's a contested question. That's one you could argue. I think the, the Gun Owners Caucus loses on that because I don't think these two plaintiffs have a specific tangible harm that they can prove. But that's something that could be corrected. That's a, that's a legal judgment. The cause of action is a, is a black and white you know, issue, and, they, and the Gun Caucus lost on that one. So uh, let's, uh, let's go, by the way, to line two. Daniel, uh, you're on the Northern Alliance with Howard Roos. Yes, hi. Uh, my understanding now is that uh, St. Paul Police Chief Todd Axtell, uh is requesting $3 million to hire another, I don't know, 50 or 60-something officers in, in the city of St. Paul, which he desperately needs. And this uh, city council is similarly like Minneapolis, uh, you know, being insane about it and, you know, saying no. And the mayor is uh, also seems to be uh, not siding with the chief Todd Axel, can you bring a similar lawsuit, like or or the Midwest Law Center bring a similar lawsuit against the city of St. Paul? Because the charter allows whatever 620 officers, and yet they're down five. What is it? Uh, by I think 60 something officers. Not as bad as Minneapolis, but certainly a, a cause of concern in St. Paul. Howard Roots, the Midwest Law Center, are going to uh, deal with with the uh, policing situation in St. Paul as they did in Minneapolis. So I'm no longer on the board of the Minnesota or the, the uh, Upper Midwest Law Center. It's Doug Seaton who handles that. But I did look a little bit. I don't think St. Paul has the same charter requirement on the number of officers. I don't think it's possible. But on public safety, here's something to pay attention to. Minneapolis and St. Paul have let us down. We have a backup, and that's the counties. You have Bob Fletcher in Ramsey County who stepped in for the state fair police and he does a great job he's got that live on patrol at nights it's it's you know entertaining as well as substantive and in Minneapolis we've got Jai Hansen as an independent running against uh, um, Dave Hutchinson for sheriff. We get politics out of the sheriff's office, which Fletcher's already done and hopefully Jai Hansen will do, and then we've got a chance to hire more officers. The county can police when the city doesn't, and that's our, our backup plan because, you know, I live all the way out in Tonka Bay, third-ring suburb or second-ring suburb, but it's coming our way. If you're not, you know, you're not in Minneapolis, but you're in St. Louis Park, it's affecting you now, Minnetonka next, Tonka Bay after that. So we've got to do something to kind of get our hands around this public safety issue. Bob Fletcher, last time he was sheriff, uh, in, in, in his first uh, go-around as sheriff, cost the citizens of Ramsey County a half a million dollars in having his denials of carry permits overturned in court uh, for, for, for cause. I mean, that's yeah. one of the, that's one of the uh, facets of the law is that uh, if the sheriff loses on a denial, they have to pay. And, and Bob Fletcher, I mean, going up against Bob Fletcher was like going to Vegas uh, with the cheat codes for the slot machines <laughs> for a while there. I mean, I, I understand he's probably... Probably less far out right. than a lot of public officials, uh, him and Axel both. 
um, who was Todd Axtell may have been the only uh, public official in either Twin City that didn't completely beclown themselves during the riots last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is where we come to in Minnesota is that someone who's like 75 percent there, 50 percent there. That's that's as good as we're going to get. So let's go with it. I mean, Bob Fletcher is much better than than Jacob Fry. You know, it's like that's damning with very faint praise. Yes, it is. But that's where we have to pay attention because we got to hold the line somewhere before we can win a statewide election. So we come back to 2022 and how are we going to win the governor's race? How are we going to you know keep the Minnesota Senate and win the House? I mean, that's it's single issue. But really, the Republicans have to win for Minnesota to hold the line. If we don't do that, I'm down in Florida for, you know, permanent. Yeah. Now, I, I will say that I, when you talk about single issue groups uh, enforcing, I believe you use the term purity police, yeah. which is what single issue groups are there to do when they're not a, a party affiliate. Right? Quite frankly, I think there's a case to be made that if uh, that, that's what a single issue group is supposed to do, maintain for its issue here, especially if they're not a, a GOP affiliate, as the Gun Owners Caucus is not. Uh, and, and so I, I think I, I, I think it's fair to say that that bringing out gun owners and uniting gun owners uh, behind good, solid candidates who are, let's be honest, the vast majority of them Republicans here, has been a net win for the GOP. It's been quite a number of races where uh, turnover, uh, turnout among uh, among gun owners has been dispositive, including a couple of races, I think, uh, races and negotiations that have kept the, the GOP in front in the Minnesota State Senate this last year. Yeah, so that's my, my two complaints are the purity police and the grifters. And this is something that's really unique in the Minnesota Republican Party. On the purity police side, if you're a single issue organization, you care about only that issue. But you can you you need to balance the electability of the candidate with the percentage they're backing your issues. And the important thing is you don't have to attack someone. You can support your own candidate and push theirs without attacking someone else who's on the Republican side. It's the Reagan's eleventh commandment. Right. You know, you just don't do that unless it's something that de- so damages the party you've got to get them out. I mean, kicking out the white supremacists would be something to do, not that we have them, but everyone knows that. But then the other part is the grifters. And everyone thinks grifters about money. And what I've seen in my limited time, four years in the Minnesota Republican Party as an activist, is that grifters are more often about the publicity, about them getting their name out there. And they want to be the one who are leading the charge and are out there. They're not doing it for the money. Maybe they are, some are, but a lot of them are doing it just to be important. And that is critically uh, damaging to the Republican Party. We need to think about not all rally around one candidate, but support your candidate, and the candidate is front in charge. Jennifer Carnahan was not the person to lead the party. We need someone more like Ken Martin, who's in the background, who then lets the candidates take the lead. So the, the these single-purpose organizations, it used to be all abortion, but now guns has overcome the abortion um, crowd as being the largest, most vocal single-issue uh, group. They need to support their candidates. Pick one. Is it Michelle Benson? Is it Paul Gazelka? Is it Scott Jensen? And and support them without attacking the other two based on them being 5% off on this issue or 10% off on that. Now, Scott Jensen, uh, I, and I, by the way, Scott Jensen will be on this broadcast uh, in, in a few weeks here, sometime in early October. I have him on the agenda. And, and, and his people, in approaching me, said, hey, he really specifically wants to defend his, his, his record on the Second Amendment. And, and that's fine. But as a good Christian, I believe in, in forgiveness and redemption. I believe that people can earn their way back, should be able to earn their way back into good graces. And by the way, I've taken no, it's not in my interest to take a position on the governor's nomination uh, at, at this point. So, I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all a wide open field for me right now. But I think the caucus does make a fairly good point that Scott Jensen did more than differ, differ them, uh, with him 25% on the issue here. He may be 95% right, but the one, the 5% he was wrong about was, was kind of a thumb in the eye. I mean, saying he's going to oppose universal registration and red flag laws. This is their line, not mine. Yeah. And uh, then turning around and authoring the bill until it became too politically hot to do in within Republican circles was going a little bit beyond differing, just a little bit. So I, I support Scott Jensen, but I'm not part of his campaign, even though people say that I'm, I'm the, the guy who's pulling the strings. It's like, I wish I were that powerful. I'm not. I'm just someone who talks to people. I talk to Tyler Kistner. I talk to Jai Hansen. I talk to a lot of people. Some people listen. Some people don't. That's fine. Right. But if Scott Jensen will talk about what he did, but the, the image of what they're conveying and what he's said that he did are completely different. So he needs to explain that. He's the only one who speaks for his campaign Fair on enough. that issue. But that's what happened in 2018 for something that never was adopted. Now he's saying, I'm for constitutional carry. I'm for stand your ground. I'm for uh, the red flag thing. Three things that are the number three, one, two, and three things for the gun caucus. Why don't they say, attaboy, you stick to that. And, and that's good. 
Now, maybe Gazelka's better, and they can say that too. But don't attack someone who's, I think, got the best chance of winning as a Republican in Minnesota in 2022 because they're not, because of something that they did to, to engage in a conversation from four years ago that never became a law. And it, it's, it's fair to say that, that the, and like I said, I believe in forgiveness and redemption uh, with a certain amount of repentance involved. Well, how about explanation, of, though? Explanation, that's fine. He'll get his chance. He'll get his chance. And, and, I, and remember, this is when we had all these school shootings. And we've got mothers at the state capitol. And Paul Gazelka is saying, we're not going to have a discussion. I mean, come on, politically naive or stupid, which one is it? Because if women are there at the capitol saying we need to talk about guns and you're not willing to talk about background checks. And by the way, Scott Jensen's brother, mentally ill, had a gun and had caused damage. And so it's a personal issue to him as well. And he's saying, I need to have a discussion. This is the only way to do it. I'm signing this bill to get it started, but you've got to get a good one or we're not going to adopt it. They didn't get a good one. They didn't adopt it. And now that's the issue that disqualifies him from being a candidate for governor. I mean, it's just insanity. No, it, it hasn't disqualified. Let's be realistic. It hasn't disqualified from from being a candidate for governor because he is a candidate. No, in the, just, gov- in the gun caucus's in mind. In the gun caucus's mind. And, yeah, and, that's what we're talking about. And we, we can discuss whether it's good for, for, for a single-issue organization to have a long, absolute black-and-white memory about these issues. That's a perfectly legitimate issue, and I, and I look forward to discussing that with candidate Jensen, who, uh, who I, I don't not support for any other reason. I'll just say that. <laughs> they all... All, all of I, I would say of the six candidates I know of that are in the race right, right. now, or, or reasonably presume are in the race, I mean Gazelka, uh, I leaving out Bob Carney, uh, <laughs> I, I, I could get behind any of them for a variety of different reasons right. so far. So that that's absolutely fine. Uh, Howard Root, we could do this for another hour and right. a half, and I don't know that I have to convince <laughs> either of us here. But a pleasure to talk to you as always here. Always a pleasure, Mitch. Great job here as always. I love the show. <laughs> Appreciate. It. Thank you very much, Howard Root. Of course, the author of. Uh, cardiac arrest. A, uh, a, if you aren't already jaundiced about federal law enforcement and the judiciary, go ahead, read it. That'll, that'll change your mind. It's certainly not that I had a lot of illusions myself, but ah, reinforced. Anyway, uh, one more segment to go. Northern Alliance, AM 12A, The Patriot. Go nowhere. Be right back. AM 12A, The Patriot. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor... And we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable. So don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I I have have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. Have you been charged with a gun crime? Have you lost your gun rights due to an old criminal offense? Have you been denied a permit to carry or a purchase of a firearm? I'm attorney Kelly Keegan, and I can help. Contact us for a free consultation at keeganlawoffice.com. Have you recently received a quote for an exterior home improvement project that was so high it made you seriously consider selling the house instead? In today's market, it's more important than ever to get multiple bids to make sure you're getting the best possible prices on any investment in your home. I'm Ryan with my three quotes. Not only can I provide you the most competitive bids in the Twin Cities for free, but I can guarantee it will be the quickest and easiest way to get them. Whether you need siding, roofing, or windows, I will personally come to your house for a short meeting so we can determine which name brands make the most sense for you and your house. And I'm all about multiple options, so you can have a variety of price points to choose from. A few days later, you'll receive an email from me with the bids attached. I've done the homework on brands and contractors, so you don't have to. It's that simple. No salespeople, no pressure, and no obligation to buy. To set up one short meeting with me, visit GetMy3Quotes.com. That's the number three, GetMy3Quotes.com. 
Hi, it's Keith Hitner Sr. here. Tune in on Sundays at noon for your Real Estate Chalk Talk, where we study the science of buying and selling real estate and the art of living in your home. Get the solid real estate facts you need from Keith Hitner Sr. and Keith Hitner Jr. of Colwell Banker Burnett and their team of experts. Tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk on AM 1280 The Patriot every Sunday at 12 noon. Brought to you by the Hitner Group, the number one Colwell Banker Group in the nation. Online at HitnerGroup.com. And tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk every Sunday at 12 noon on AM 1280 The Patriot. AM twelve eighty the Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. Don't forget Brad Carlson coming up tomorrow from one to three and uh, Jack Tomzak right after the top of the hour here. One last segment to go. By the way, I just have to point this out. My band Elephant in the Room uh, tonight at Neeson's Sports Bar and Grill in Savage. And when I say Savage, I'm not talking halfway to South Dakota Savage. Savage just seems to go on and on and on. It's like the Texas of uh, metro counties. It's just a huge uh, county. Uh, and it, it, on the other hand, this is the part of Savage. It's probably the northeast, close to the northeast corner of Savage. It's uh, just west of 35W, a couple miles west on Highway 13. So it's close enough to the city. To be, or the well, in the middle of the southern suburbs, actually, if you're from Bloomington, South Minneapolis, Richfield, St. Paul even, it's not that far. But it's far enough out to give you those edge of the metro drink prices. Anyway, my band Elephant in the Room playing tonight, 8.30 till 12.30. Love it if you stop by. First of all, it's our first time out there, and we love to make a great first impression. Second of all, it's great to see all of you. I mean, I feel every time I get in front of a crowd of people who come out to see us, I feel like I'm hanging out with a bunch of my best friends. And, well, in a lot of ways, I kind of am. So hope you can make it out my my band elephant in the room at neeson's in savage just west of uh, 35w on highway 13 uh in savage really it's almost just the suburbs of burnsville no actually savage its own whole town not burnsville at all but it's really just over the border from burnsville anyway hope to see you there anyway so um Big news uh, came out this past week, or rather, I should say, lack of big news came out this past week. Uh, For the second straight year, big media, which essentially serves as the exposed id of big left, in this case, big Karen, has predicted the Sturgis motorcycle rally was going to be a super spreader. And as the event, and by the way, the attendant COVID surveillance, because this is probably the most scrutinized massive event in the country, uh, as opposed to, say, Lollapalooza in Chicago, where Chicago Mary Lori Lightfoot presided over a crowd of a couple hundred thousand people jammed together like one huge flipping mosh pit in Chicago, which, by the way, did not turn into a super spreader. Uh, unlike Sturgis, uh, where, where, I mean, the media didn't care about Lollapalooza. It got you got all sorts of, ah, shucks, gee whiz, we're coming back from the pandemic coverage from the mainstream media as hundreds of thousands of people packed together like they're, I don't know, jammed together on a, on a refugee ship of some kind here. In the meantime, Sturgis, where something like 700,000 people gather in the town of Sturgis, South Dakota, to have, well, a motorcycle rally every year. As this event unrolled under a media microscope, as masked up reporters flew in uh, and found where Sturgis was and went out to Sturgis and and intoned with worried face, oh, it could be a super spreader. As as this coverage of the event unrolled, I I started getting the impression that most of the (coughs) news coverage had been written well in advance with blanks left open to fill in the numbers that once a Specs the uh, editors involved were expecting to be in the thousands, maybe tens of thousands at the very least. So when the first take on numbers came out, uh, it was interesting, the response that, 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 that came out. Uh, now, bear in mind, last year, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, which probably had a little less attendance than, than most years. I think it was in the, I want to say, three to 400,000 range. Uh, this was predicted to be a, an explosion of of contagion with with covid going on well out of hundreds of thousands of people attending uh, of which perhaps a few tens of thousands came from minnesota in the state of minnesota last year they traced 87 cases and one death to to sturgis and of course some of the the the, the commentators on the left and people with dubious critical thinking skills 
Uh, but I, I repeat myself, said, oh, that's 87 cases, to which I, I, I wanted to ask. I couldn't find anyone to specifically ask face-to-face, but I wanted to ask them. Say you have 10,000 people. Uh, for, we'll just say 10,000 Minnesotans went to Sturgis and came back. And 87 of them got sick or got infected. Whether they got sick or not, we don't know. We know that one death in Minnesota was attributed to Sturgis in 2020 one death out of however many tens of thousands of minnesotans rode out trailer out or whatever out to sturgis it was uh, let's just say at least 10,000 so one in 10,000 attendees died not a single and i want to ask what if you took 10,000 minnesotans who didn't go to sturgis but stayed home during that same time period, stayed in Minnesota during, uh, during the, the high summer and did not go to a bike rally, did not go to a super spreader. How many of those people would have gotten COVID? This is what's known. And by the way, if you are a Gen Z out there, if you're a Democrat, if you're a liberal, a progressive, this is what used to be called the scientific method. You, you run an observation on a set of people. That's the experimental group. And then, to add a little extra rigor to the experiment, you run the same experiment, do the same observations on a different group, a group that's not the experimental group, a group that's under normal circumstances, living under normal conditions. We call that the control group. In other words, how many people out of a set of, let's just grab a number out of the air, 10,000 people would have gotten sick outside of Sturgis? Now, in 2020, they blamed 87 infections and one death in Minnesota on Sturgis out of, we don't know how many people, let's arbitrarily say 10,000. It was likely many more. But that is less than 1% infections over a course of several weeks and one-tenth of 1% deaths over the course of a couple weeks. And by the way, we know nothing about uh, comorbidities. We know nothing about any other medical conditions that these 87 patients and one fatality had. We know nothing. Let's just assume they were perfectly healthy when they went in. So the numbers this year came out. They were in the low hundreds nationwide across 700,000 attendees. I mean, when I say low hundreds, right around 200 people out of 700,000 nationwide. And I'm going to suggest to you that if you had a control group of 700,000 people working from home, going to Target, uh, maybe taking their kids to school every day, the infection rate would have been arguably no different whatsoever from the people who went to Sturgis. In fact, it may be lower than the infection rate of 700,000 people uh, doing, going about their daily lives in the general population. That's what I thought when I heard those numbers. And guess what? I was right. Before the uh, Sturgis rally opened on August 6th, the Washington Post uh, intoned, the Sturgis motorcycle rally revs up, drawing thousands and heightening Delta super spreader fears. As it, as it turns out, the number of people infected in Sturgis was lower per capita than the general population. Everything you're hearing from big left and big media is wrong on this issue, as so many others. I don't have time to get to it all. See you later. Hope to see you at Nietzsche's tonight. God bless you all. God bless America. Well, I moved into the house in uh, the summer of 2018, and the siding was terrible. Hi, I'm Dave from Matamidai. I got a hold of JTR through friends. It almost looked like a giraffe. There were dark stains where the water had saturated the old paint that was on it, but there were other things that needed addressing, and uh, there were a multitude of things from putting doors in and railings and, and doing some electrical and things like that, all of which JTR gladly folded into the contract and took care of for me. It was an amazing transformation. In fact, my brother-in-law, who had visited before we had the siding done, when he came back about a month after it had been done, he stopped out in front of the house and called me and said, what's your address again? Because he couldn't believe the difference. 
Contact JTR Roofing now for your siding, roofing, and window needs. Want to enroll your child in Christian school for half the cost? TwinCitiesTuitions.com has joined with area private schools to offer half-price tuition for your child's first year. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, you'll see our partnering schools, an interactive map to find one in your area, and frequently ask questions about the program. Now more than ever, it's important for your child to have a biblical worldview. Get details about the half-off Christian tuition program at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018-800-884-9018-800-884-9018-800-884-9018-800-884-9018. Do you love to cook or have a favorite blue ribbon dish? Then you need to enter your favorite recipe sweepstakes to submit that delicious recipe. The winning entry will receive a year's worth of fine meats from Good Ranchers, a $1,400 value, and get a $1,000 Williams-Sonoma shopping spree. Increase your chances of winning by entering once each day. So start cooking and enter now at am1280thepatriot.com slash recipes. Celebrating two decades on air. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.